Well, as always, thank you so much to all of those who helped to put our worship service together, especially as there's been new music and um, additional songs that we've had during worship. So thank you to um, our praise team, our Wesley Choir, and Gary Brubaker, who always do such an amazing job with our music, um, and to Michelle Sticknoth, who was our uh, liturgist this morning. Thank you so much. As we are in this season of waiting, um, preparing for Jesus to be born, not just in the past, but how Jesus is being born again today and when, how Jesus will come again. And waiting can be this passive um, and like you're not really, not really in control, um, but this really isn't that passive waiting. It's an active waiting, um, waiting and preparing for Jesus. And throughout this story and throughout this series of angels among us, angels bring messages to people. And they have messages to share about Emmanuel, Jesus being born, um, and also how these, these individuals have been called to prepare for Jesus. So we looked, we'll look at the messages of what the angels bring and how they invite us to share these messages as well. Messages of more hope, more love, more peace, more joy, and less fear. This morning, more joy. Would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> well, uh, preparation for Christmas or in the, ad, in ad, the Advent spirit, um, it takes so many different forms. Um, and probably for you throughout this season, um, you are you have parties that you're going to, you have celebrations that you're having, maybe they're work parties, maybe they're family parties or friend parties. Um, and maybe, you know, at some point in your life, if not this year, maybe at another time, you have had those white elephant gift exchanges. Now, now here's the thing about gifts. Um, the gifts in general. Um, gifts, uh, you once they're wrapped, you can't see what's inside them unless you're a really good snooper or a really bad wrapper. Um, but in uh, when you do these white elephant gift exchanges, it's, it kind of depends on the philosophy or the makeup of the group. Um, sometimes there's like, you have to bring a gift that's useful, um, a white elephant gift that's useful or, you know, whatever. Um, and sometimes it's those um, gifts that are, you know, I'm cleaning out my closet, trying to get rid of something. Um, or those gag gifts, um, or as I like to call them, treasures. Because they're treasures to someone, right? Um, and when you open these gifts up, especially in a white elephant exchange, sometimes it's a good surprise. Like I remember one time I went to a white elephant gifts exchange and I got this beautiful and delicious smelling candle and it was wonderful. And then sometimes it's a, you know, just a surprise. Um, another year I got like a can of beans. I mean, I like beans, but... Anyway, and so what do you do with these surprises? I mean, do you laugh? I mean, obviously, if that's the, the, the mood of the evening, that's great. You laugh along with everybody else. Um, but what if it wasn't? What if you got like this really great gift and then you got a can of beans? Do you plot your revenge like, oh, next year I'm going to bring dog food? Um, do you get angry? Like, I'm going to throw this can of beans at you. What do you do with a surprise like that? I mean, like with the white elephant, you know that something is coming, but what happens 
What happens when you get caught off guard? Now, this story of Jesus' birth, I mean, it's full of surprises. It's full of twists and turns and things that people in the story didn't see coming. So let's talk about Joseph. Um, What do we know about Joseph? And the truth is, according to scripture, we know very little. Most of what we know about Joseph is filled in through tradition. Now, the birth stories of Jesus are only found in two gospels, in Matthew and in Luke. Luke covers Mary's story, and then Matthew covers Joseph's story. Because there's so little in scripture, we don't ever have him speaking Um, He's mentioned only a handful of times. The last time that he's mentioned is when Jesus was 12. And so we tend to fill in the gaps. Um, Like, how old was Joseph? What was he like? Where did he go? So here's what some of the traditions um, say about Joseph. How old was Joseph? According to some traditions, he was an old man or a widower. And these come primarily from the Orthodox and Roman Catholic traditions, having being an older or a widower. Um, And part of that is uh, the perpetual virginity of Mary, meaning that she never had any other children. That's the theology and the understanding from those traditions. Now, other traditions, um, like the Protestant, which, of which we are, um, usually have Joseph around kind of the normal marrying age. And that could have been anywhere from like 14 to 30. Um, in these traditions, there's kind of the skepticism of an older Joseph, partly because there are other brothers and sisters of Jesus. We see this in uh, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 13, verses 55 through 56. What did Joseph do? This, um, we do know this, he was a carpenter. Uh, the word that's used is tecton, which means builder. What is not used is architecton, meaning master builder. Joseph was not a master builder, um, he's just a tecton. So we know him to be a simple, ordinary craftsman. He comes, his lineage comes from the family of David, David being the greatest king of Israel. Um, And so his family comes from Bethlehem, which is important later in the story because Jesus is born there. So what happened? Well, Jesus is engaged to Mary. um, And this engagement is like a betrothal. It's legally binding. It basically means they're married. Um, They just haven't had the ceremony yet. And then Mary tells him she's pregnant and he knows he's not the father. And so he doesn't quite believe Mary. Um, He doesn't believe that this baby is coming from God. And if you're honest, like, how would you feel? What would, would you believe? What would you say? And so Joseph's reaction is, well, it's less than joyful. I mean, he's, he's just worried about a lot of things. He's worried about what it means for himself, for his family. He's worried about it means what it means for Mary and for her family. He's worried about the future. He's worried about the present. He's worried about a lot of things. And I bet no one understands those kinds of feelings, right? No one worries. Right. <clears throat> so worry, worry is a future problem. Um, and worry is often about something that may or may not happen. Worrying is a great thing to add to your life. It gives you all kinds of peace of mind. Right? Okay, it doesn't. (laughs) 
You worry about what happened or what might not happen, what is or what might not be, or what is and what isn't, and what worrying, worrying steals a lot from you. And in fact, worry steals your joy. It actually just creates more fear. Do not be afraid, the message of the angels. And it's a cyclical feeling too, because the more you worry, the more worry you create. It just keeps going and going and going. The more fear you have, the more fear is created. So what if we joy? Well, then we create more joy. There's this poem um, from David Gates uh, that he published this week. And he says, joy is an act of rebellion against established order, which is why the angels brought their glad tidings to the night shift serfs rather than the boardroom suits, because the joy of heaven heralded to us cannot be commoditized, privatized, or monetized. While the system takes all it can from our tired bodies and stacks its weight upon our aching backs, it will never, not ever, ransack our hallelujahs. Joy is an act of rebellion. Joseph, well, Joseph lets fear ransack his hallelujah and steal his joy. And he decides that he'll dismiss Mary quietly. He decides that he's going to end this relationship. And he does it quietly because if he did it publicly, Mary could be killed. She could be stoned for infidelity. So if he does it quietly, um, he's saving Mary's life. This is an act of love. He's taking the shame upon himself. And it might mean that he, has, he won't get the dowry back. Um, that he's going to have to pay that anyway, and potentially even provide for the child um, or marrying Mary if her father insisted that was the case. So if Joseph is this simple carpenter, he really doesn't have much money, and he may not have enough money to pay another dowry, and yet he still makes this decision. <clears throat> but then we have Joseph's Annunciation, he has this, this vivid dream where an angel, a messenger of God, tells him what's happened, tells him Mary is telling the truth. And so he believes this message, takes her as his wife and raises the child. And they all live happily ever after. I mean, except for the part where like they have to flee a murderous king and he raises the son of God. It's, it's a long story. Now, maybe you can't relate to Joseph in the same way because this isn't your story. And yet, I think at any point, Joseph, Joseph's story tells our story. Now, again, maybe you haven't been through the same exact thing, but we've experienced some of the same emotions, surprises, or even preparations. I mean, have you ever had a picture in your life of how things were supposed to go? Maybe you knew what would be coming, marriage, family, happily ever after. And then everything changed and maybe seemed to unravel. What happens when life starts to unravel? Do not be afraid. Joseph goes to quietly dismiss Mary. And I wondered what that, 
what that journey must have been like. You know, that journey there and back. Have you had those journeys? I mean, the walk away from Mary, as Joseph told her, he didn't believe her. He wasn't going to marry her. Now, I think we often talk about what Mary's emotions might have been, maybe because we know the whole story or there's more to Mary than Joseph that we have. But I do wonder, what was Joseph feeling? Was he feeling hurt or angry? Was he feeling confused or lost? Have you ever had those kinds of journeys? The drive home from the doctor who just told you it's cancer. The walk after the fight when you knew your relationship or your marriage was over. The drive after the meeting with the company that just told you you've been let go. The journey after the news that changes your world. How have you felt? Hurt? Angry? Confused? Lost? And what do you want to do in those moments? And sometimes we just want to be left alone. But I think really we want to be reminded that you're not alone. Do not be afraid. The angel tells Joseph, this baby will be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel, it means God with us. Jesus, Jesus is the invisible made visible. And a reminder that the journeys that you take, you don't take alone. Emmanuel, God is with us. And sometimes God screams alongside us. No matter what's happening in life and how dark it seems, God is always there. The light has shined in the middle of the darkness. Emmanuel, God is with us. Do not be afraid. So during this season, or any season really, how can you, how can we be signs of Emmanuel? I mean, as Christians, we're the body of Christ at work in the world today. We're called to be signs of God's presence, visible signs, bringing hope, bringing joy. The more we joy, the more joy is created. So how can you, how can you share joy? Maybe it's inviting someone to come over who can't go home or maybe doesn't have family coming over for Christmas dinner. Maybe it's buying the gifts through the United Methodist Committee on Relief to ensure babies are born healthy in Africa or families have enough to eat in Haiti. Maybe it's serving a meal at the Freeport Area Church Cooperative. Maybe it's setting aside the Christmas to-do list to have coffee with a friend who's having a hard time. This week, Donna Saxby brought over Christmas cookies And y'all, they tasted like joy. How can you offer hope to someone who feels hopeless? How can you share joy to create more joy? Who can you scream alongside? And we're not just creating joy for the past, but joy today. The angel reminded Joseph about this baby, and this baby isn't like any other baby 
This baby is Emmanuel, God with us. God put on flesh to live among us, not to condemn us, but to live among us. Not to ignore the pains of the world and say they don't exist, but to scream alongside us and remind us, you are not alone. Emmanuel, God is with us. Do not be afraid. This baby was born not to bring fear and anguish, but tidings of great joy. Do not be afraid. And this joy, joy can sometimes look look ridiculous, but it's not. This joy creates more joy and less fear. This joy isn't ridiculous. Emmanuel, God is with us. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Amen.